Welcome back, ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls. <laughs> You're Barry alive. Bear to I am alive. Yes. I am. Um, Praise be to. Yeah, we haven't talked about that, have we? No. Yeah. Well, no. am I alive or. <laughs> Is this just a cleverly constructed soundboard it's, that uh, it's you've working. put together? We'll never know, I guess. <laughs> it's a bit like, is this world real or right. are we just dreaming it? Are we stuck in an AI Matrix style? Right. Uh, we'll never know. We'll probably never know. Same, it, same thing. And it doesn't no, matter. No, listen, man, I, I highly recommend. Yeah. yeah. It does. Well, it does. Does matter, but that's another story. I highly okay. recommend the skydiving. Right. Yeah, yeah. Um, nice. I'm hooked. Chrissy's going to do it next. Then oh we're going to do it together. Then Fox is going to do it when he hits twelve. Oh I want to get my solo parachute license now, so we can do it all over the world. But uh, I tell you, here's nice. the thing. Right. I mean, it, apart from it being a fantastic view. And an amazing experience to be in free fall and the parachute ride afterwards and all that kind of stuff. Yeah. The, the, the best thing about it is having to face the mortal terror um, right. of jumping out of a plane at that height. Now, I, yeah. as I think I mentioned, uh, I suffer from a fear of heights, a completely irrational fear of heights that mm-hmm. I've had a little bit my entire life, but it's getting worse the older I get for some fucking reason. I don't know. Right. Um, so even when we took Fox up on a Ferris wheel a year ago, I, I really had to clench my buttocks and uh, gird my loins <laughs> right? to uh, get through it. Had to talk myself down through the whole thing. It's okay. Wow. It's okay. If you're going to die, you're going to die. Don't worry about right. it. Right. Yeah. Um, so going up to 14,000 feet and then the guy says, all right, now dangle your legs out the open door of the plane. Nope. Every... Nerve in my body is like new. Fuck you. (laughs) Fuck you, mister. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) But you just have to, you know, push yourself through it. And, uh, you know, I've said to a couple of people, I think for me, it's the scariest thing I can imagine doing Mm -hmm. apart from maybe going into battle. Or going into a live fire situation, right. or you know, maybe being a firefighter, going into a burning house, putting yourself in mortal danger is literally what you're doing. You're willingly, yeah. knowingly, right. putting yourself into a situation of mortal danger. Now, uh, rationally, you know that it's probably not that dangerous because you know these people know what they're doing. And I'd been at the drop zone for 90 minutes before I went up, and we'd seen 40 people, 50 people come down in that time. And oh, wow. everyone's got big smiles on their faces, and they're happy, and they're having a great time. And no one broke their legs, and no one died. Right. And Steve so, yeah, your brain is like, well, it's it's yeah, it's, it's safe, <laughs> it's right. okay, yeah. but still. Your limbic system, your 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 old brain, the part of your oh, brain yeah. that just goes fuck this rational thinking okay. business, like the <laughs> the conservative voter brain, the Christian religious part of your brain that goes fuck fuck logic, right. fuck reason, fuck rational thinking. I just want to I just want to be animalistic here. Yeah, um, uh, is absolutely terrified, yes. and you have to talk it down, push yourself through it. And then the minute you're out of the plane and falling, that all goes away because it it doesn't matter anymore. At least that was my experience. Right. Well, I'm out now, so there's no it's, point it's being done. scared. I'm out. Yeah. And yeah. it's out and done. Proud. And then you just enjoy the experience of 
plummeting through the atmosphere at 250, 300 kilometres an hour. And um, it's fantastic, nice. yeah. So, to- And I think the next time it'll be easier, I imagine. But um, I'm going to take Chrissy up, I think, for her birthday in February and, um, you know, we're going to do it more often. But, cool. yeah, fantastic. Nice. Highly recommended. One of the greatest, well, certainly, apart from... You know, the first time I got to eat Chrissy out and uh, uh, meeting you in Vegas for the first time. Right. Uh, Those the, are the great, one of the greatest experiences of my life. Right. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Well, if I could just say two things real quick. One, I, you've, you've, you've come up with a new business uh, for us. We're going to have people parachute out of planes. And when they land, they're right in the middle, <laughs> middle of a laser tag or, 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 or capture the flag. So we're going to put those two fears together and we're going to sell a lot of tickets. Second of all, I saw the pictures that you posted. Who's the guy that's mounted on you from behind? Because we need to talk about him. (laughs) A lot of people thought it was you. Yeah. Yeah, Yeah, a lot of people thought it was you and they were very shocked. Yeah, that was Andy. Andy was a former ex-British paratrooper. Right. Um, I said to him on the way down, how long have you been doing this? And he said, oh, 38 years, give or take. Right. <laughs> I used, he said, I used to train uh, British paratroopers how to do it. Um, so, look, that's the most surprising thing as I put my hands into the life of a POM right. and a, <laughs> you know ex-British military. Right. After right. all the things that I've said about yeah. the British military he and the British been, just generally over yeah. the last 10 years. He would have been justified. Yeah. Good thing he didn't know who I was. Pulling that cord. Yeah, you're yeah. right. He would have yeah. gone, oh, whoops, <laughs> just disconnected. <laughs> just accidentally disconnected the harness all seven at 14,000 feet. Safety Sorry, features. Yeah. My bad. Yeah. But no, listen, the, be- the best analogy I could come up with it, it's like going on a crazy roller coaster. You, you know, you're on a really crazy, scary roller coaster. Right. And it goes up the top and then it goes upside down. And that simultaneous fear and thrill mm-hmm. that you get on a roller coaster, um, same sort of thing, but times 100, right? right? Because you're not on a roller coaster. Right. <laughs> you're jumping out of a plane. But it's that simultaneous fear and thrill thing. And I can see why it's addictive for people because yeah. it's uh, you know, the, just the adrenaline and uh, whatever the fuck else your brain is producing when you're pushing yourself through right. that and jumping out, it's um, wow. it's highly, highly enticing to go back and yeah. do it again. Let me let me ask you on a slight anywho, yeah, on a slightly different um, direction. Do you think Savo felt excitement at being oh, yeah. becoming a martyr, and yet yeah. maybe a little bit of fear when he was arrested and taken to uh, mm. to, to a little? Palace? than a mm. little. I don't know. I, I wasn't I think, there, but yeah, I think, yeah. I think more than a little. Okay. <laughs> I think more than a little. Okay. Yeah. You're I think he right. was, uh, he, he was happy that the uh, Dominican robes were dark brown, <laughs> I think, uh, through this whole period. Thank God. Uh, yeah. Well, yeah. Thanks, St. Dominic. <laughs> so, uh, April 1498 is where we finished last time. Yes. Um, Savo been arrested after the failure of the trial by fire yep. to go ahead, yeah. really, let alone prove anything. <clears throat> people are angry. People are upset. They're riding in the streets. Savonarola and his inner circle of Dominican friars at San Marco get arrested, thrown in the Bargello. Yeah. The uh, jail at the top of the tower of the Palazzo de la Signoria, yes. 
Um, we have been uh, uh, there. We haven't been up into the Bargello, no, but we uh, have been, um, yeah, we've been out the front. We've stood at the bottom of it. I've, I'm, I've got a photo of it on my wall I'm looking at right now. Nice. Um, actually, no, that's that's the thing at the no, the sex dungeon. Of the gotcha. I lied. Right. I've got another tower. <laughs> yeah. Now, uh, his messiah, yeah, yeah, yeah. King Chucky, oh, dead. D- that's dead. true. Yeah, that's true. So uh, this is where we're at, April yeah, fourteen ninety eight. Yeah. And, and like you were saying a minute ago, I mean, with uh, it's 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 helter skelter in, in the streets, and as you can imagine, with him and his inner circle being arrested, Sabo's civilian supporters obviously were too afraid to show their face in the streets. Even though I'm sure some of them were out, but as far as like a an organized group to try to break him out of jail, that's just not going to happen. They've got Sabo and his locked down in the Bargello, Bargello, like you just said, and so the the government has won this round. You know, what are they going to do with him now? That's a discussion that they have to have. But the point is they finally got him under lock and key. The threat of Salvo for now is no more. When I get to the bottom, I go back to the top of the slide. Then I stop and I turn and I go for a ride. Then I get to the bottom and I You know, my favorite song this week I've been playing is. Let me do it again. Yeah. Love that. Endless. Can play that riff endlessly. It's always fun. Anywho. Yeah. Helter Skelter. Uh, yes. Now, uh, what were you saying? I wasn't listening. No, I was looking at the Helter fun. Skelter Basically, they, they, they've got him in jail. <laughs> Savo's supporters are too afraid to come out. Yes. And now the government is like, well, one part of the government wants to do one thing with Savo. Another part of the government has a different idea. Yeah, they, there's a big discussion. What should we do? Should we send him to Rome? Right. Let the Pope handle him, which is what the Pope wants. Right. Um. But, and, you know, partly it's to keep the Pope happy, but also you remember what happened the last time Florence executed some clerics uh, <laughs> after the assassination <laughs> attempt on Lorenzo right? and his brother? Uh, there was a big kerfuffle. The Pope declared yes, war. Yes, kerfuffle, war. Yeah, well, all of Same Italy thing. basically declared war on right. them. Um, but this time it's different. Savo's already been excommunicated ah, by the Pope, right. so technically... Not a cleric. Right. Um, and Florence's leadership didn't want to delay things by sending him to Rome. He's a slippery fucker, the Savonarola, yes. they knew. Yes. He, like, he, might, he might talk his way out of it. You never know. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Um, they don't, last thing they want is him, you know, you know, talking his way out of it, coming back, causing trouble. Piero Parenti, who was on the eight of security... Put it this way, our intention was that the frate not leave here alive so that he would not have another opportunity to cause us trouble. Wow. So, uh, you know, right that's, he's pretty frank Pretty frank there, <laughs> Piero Franti. Piero Franco was pretty frank. You know, yeah. But, but you make a good point because it's like, yeah. 
the Pope wants this. We're not exactly friends with the Pope, but we don't want to be the open enemies of the Pope. But as you're probably about to go into, Florence itself, as in this, the civilian government, they have certain needs. And Savo has now become a piece on a chessboard for them to either use or not use um, while they're trying to deal with the Pope at the same time. Well, the Pope... Yeah quickly gave his approval yes. for Savonarola and the other guys to be interrogated, uh, which was handy because they'd already <laughs> been interrogated on the night of their arrest. Is it okay? Uh, Do I have permission? You know, what's, yeah. Yeah, it's better to, better to beg for forgiveness than ask for permission, but in this case they didn't need to do either. And in case his first memo wasn't clear, the Pope followed it up a couple of days later with another one, April the 12th, where uh, he gave them permission, the Florentines, that is, to torture any clerics or other persons they saw fit, provided that some of the interrogators were also clerics. Now... So it's yeah. it's basically Inquisition time. Yes. You can do whatever the fuck you want to whoever the fuck you want as long as you've got uh, some of my boys uh, <laughs> keeping an eye on the proceedings. But this is where you're supposed to tell me, look, I've got clerics all over the place. This is fucking Florence. But none of them have any experience in uh, <clears throat> enhanced interrogations. Obviously, that's not true because of the nature of the church and what they've been like, in, like we were talking about in Spain and Portugal. These priests... Um, some of them know what's what, and they're ready to get in there with their various tools, ask questions, and they better get some goddamn answers. I'm also wondering about the biblical uh, rationale for sure. torturing clerics. By other clerics. Uh, I'm trying to remember yeah. the what? part of the Bible that says... <laughs> what book uh, is that in? Is it in the, you know, it's been a while, I confess, since I've read the commandments. Yeah. Is there one that says, uh, thou shalt I, torture thy enemies? Because I, I don't remember yeah. that. I think it goes like this. Yea, and the priest did put down the cross to pick up the curmudgeon, beat the shit out of his brother until he spoke the words he wanted to hear. Yea, verily. I think it's something like that. As I've said before, though, the justification that had been used by the church going right back to St. Augustine in mm. the early 400s for justifying uh, violence, right. uh, even against other Christians, was the story of Jesus, the ghost of Jesus, <laughs> spirit Jesus, right. alien uh, <laughs> ant farm Jesus, uh, blinding Paul. Sure on the road to Damascus, making him fall off his horse, got a nasty bump on his head, mm-hmm. um, uh, in order to convert him to uh, uh, Christianity, or, or, or which didn't exist at the time, but <laughs> whatever, <laughs> convert him but to the, the cause. Right. Uh, Augustine was like, well, if it's all right, good enough for Jesus then to blind someone, albeit pass. temporarily, albeit yeah. magically. Right. <laughs> Uh, you know, th- then it's okay. Yeah. If it's good enough for Jesus, it's good enough for us. Uh, unfortunately, we don't have magical powers, so we have to blind people the old-fashioned <laughs> way with uh, hot pokers in the <laughs> eyes. God. Um, Jesus. Whatever it is. Right. Exactly. Jesus. <laughs> yes. Jesus, show us the way. Um, How to blind somebody. By blinding yeah. people. Yeah. 
Yeah. I was just going to say real quick, so so you've got all this, these various factions going on, but now the Signoria, you know they need to control the narrative of this, because if they don't do this right, some of the people who are true Savo supporters might rise up and cause trouble. So one, they've got, to, they've got to control the narrative. Two, they've got to make it absolutely clear to everybody that he is a charlatan, he was insincere, whatever. And so when they do go to finally punish him, the city is not going to rise up. So the government has got a little tricky situation on their hands, not to mention, thank goodness they just got the blessing of the Pope to uh, to torture this guy. But then they start making several moves, political moves, legal moves that are clearly out of bounds of the norm, but they're literally trying to rig the system so they can control the government to get the outcome that they want, and again, to control how the government responds to Savo's arrest, and as we can all imagine, his coming death. So they held some emergency elections and they stacked the eight of security and the ten of liberty, right? Uh, which had were had been controlled by the Pianoni, the the the, the crybabies, the the followers of Savonarola, right. and they stacked them with uh, Savonarola's enemies. So on the same day, Savo was then dragged his legs in chains, to the palace of the Bargello, and they started the inquiry. Now, this is the first of two inquiries. This is a civil inquiry. It will be followed later by an ecumenical inquiry. This is just to look at his political machinations in Florence, right. not whether or not he's actually a yeah. true prophet of God. Right. Now, uh, two uh, canons from the church were included as observers, as according to the Pope's wishes, and he was examined according to standard inquisitorial procedures. Right. uh, Which meant he and the rest of the accused Mm -hmm. uh, were not allowed to produce any witnesses or evidence uh, in their favour. Sounds a little bit like uh, CIA, Gitmo. Right. Uh, I think this is basically where the CIA yeah. developed their uh, torture manual from. No, you don't get any evidence, no witnesses. We're just going to torture you for just for fun, really. Right. Uh, I like f- it. Why the fuck not? How often do you yeah. get to torture someone? It's a bit it's like jumping out of an airplane. Once you do it yeah. once, Whee! it's a bit of a thrill. I mean, you feel it's dirty, <laughs> but it's exciting, you know? <laughs> Exactly. And, and it's a slippery to, slope. Exactly. I've always said that. It's a slippery slope torture. <laughs> it is. Like when you torture... <laughs> Hold on. i got to play a clip. <laughs> oh, fuck, I can't find it. Have you seen True Romance? I don't think so. I don't remember it. Oh, man. Great film. You need to watch it. Stat. Uh, 1993, uh, screenplay by uh, Quentin Tarantino... But he sold right. it before he made Reservoir Dogs. Um, so it ended up being directed by uh, Tony Scott, Ridley Scott's brother. Uh, did a great job, uh-huh. although, I mean, I, I would love to see Tarantino direct it. But it was Christian Slater, Patricia Arquette, Dennis Hopper, Val Kilmer, Gary Oldman, Brad Pitt, Christopher Walken, uh, Samuel oh L. God. Jackson, and James Gandolfini... Among with many other great actors, Chris Penn, Tom Sizemore, I mean, yeah. Conchata Ferrell, mm-hmm. who just died uh, this week, uh, RIP. Uh, she, people uh, talk about 
talked about her as being in um, three men and a not three men and a baby. Was that fucking show? Two and, two and, and, and a half men. men, but I remember yeah. mostly from uh, True Romance. Um, right. And uh, 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 there's this great scene where James Gandolfini, aka Tony Soprano, um, beats up Patricia Arquette, and when he's about to kill her, he gives her this long speech about. You know, the first time you kill someone, it's pretty hard. <laughs> right. Um, and you have to, you know, I, th- I threw up the first time. Can you believe that? I fucking right. threw up. Um, he goes, but now um, I just do it to see the light go out in their eyes, you know. <laughs> so Jesus. I, I think it's, it's the same as torture, I think, is where I'm going with this. You know, the yeah. first time you torture people or someone, it's hard. You're like, oh, okay. my God, I can't believe I'm doing this. Yeah. After a while. It's like yeah. you're lying in bed at night. Going, oh, I can't wait to fucking torture somebody again. When do I get to torture someone? It's the greatest thing ever. And... Yeah. Ugh. Yeah. Stab. Yeah. So, where were we? Torture. I yes. Don't know. <laughs> oh, no witnesses. Torture was allowed, um, and the Pope had given his approval uh, for the tortures we saw before, which again was good because they had already been tortured on the night of their arrest. Um, right. Again, better to beg for forgiveness or better to beg for a papal dispensation than to ask for permission. Right. But as I said earlier, this is a civil investigation. Savonarola's religious views aren't really the issue here, mm-hmm. um, even though he has been convicted for heresy, schism and preaching innovation. Right. But this is really a political uh, investigation, not a theological. That'll come Later, right. they wanted to prove that he was an imposter, a fake prophet, and was really using that to conceal his ambitions for political power. And uh, he had used that to manipulate right. the new government to his own ends. And not only that, but once they're going to get that out of him, because believe me, that's what they already know. They're going to keep hurting him until he says yes. And so you've got that going on, but they also want to go after all of his co- uh, collaborators, the lay people, the clerical. We need we need all these people out of here. Anybody who supported him cannot be in a position of power. We are going after Savo, the roots. We're going to pull everybody out. We're going to purge this place so we can get on with hopefully having a Republican government. So yeah, it's time to whack the noodle until... A bunch of names are given up, and then we're going to give those people, and we're going to whack their noodles, and they're going to give us names. It's whack the noodle name time. Isn't that what you're doing after the show tonight? <laughs> somebody's whacking somebody's noodle. I'm looking forward to it. <laughs> <laughs> and I don't think D'Angelo's on the books for tonight. What? What? Anyway. <sighs> Yeah, so about a dozen of them, or maybe even more, uh, were interrogated simultaneously Mm. in addition to the the main guys, Savonarola, Fra Domenico and Fra Silvestro. But these are basically show trials, obviously. Um, They're designed to convince the Florentine people that their hero, Savonarola, was a big fake it's all fake news. <laughs> Everything's fake. Right. Uh, and basically to crush the whole Pianoni uh, political movement and give Florence back, make Florence great again, give right. it back to the rich guys, the rich right. white guys. Thank God. Um, yeah. So, so for 12 days, Savonarola was interrogated, a.k.a. tortured daily right. 
Yeah. Um, they started with just asking him questions. Then they worked their way up to threats. And then, of course, as quickly as they could, because they were completely <laughs> into this, they got right. to the torture. And the method of torture used, as people right. will know if they've uh, looked at our Facebook page recently or my Facebook page, was the strapado, a.k.a. Mm. la fune or la corda, the rope. Uh, now, not to be confused with the strapondo, which is uh, right. the kind of torture I know Heather likes to make use of it to, <laughs> where she just basically puts on a strap-on and uh, right. uh, ties See. you up and gives it. But all the, what she, she doesn't know is that right. you're enjoying it, so it's, it's just a weird thing. <laughs> I was going to say the joke's on you because I kind of like it, so I pretend like yeah. it's non-pleasant, yeah. but yeah. really, it's, it's, it's yeah. for me, it's like jumping oh, out of the no, plane. Don't. So, oh, no, yeah. don't. Oh, no. Please don't. Please don't. <laughs> Not again. Stick Not to again. That, and she, she, calls it, she calls it strap-on D'Angelo. It's like 12 <laughs> inches. It's black. Yeah. Three yeah. inches I gotta across. Tell you, it kind of does it for me. Yeah. yeah I, I, I'm not going to lie to you. <laughs> yeah. I kind of yeah. like that. Yeah. Now, the strapado <laughs> is a form of torture where you would get the victim, tie his or her arms behind their back, usually, sometimes in the front, but usually behind. Right. And then a large rope is tied to the wrists, passed up behind them over a pulley or a hook in the roof, and then the torturer pulls on the rope until the victim is hanging from their arms, pulled up behind their back. Now, of course, at the very least, this causes intense pain, usually dislocation of the arms at the shoulders. Right. Uh, The full weight of your body is hanging from this. Uh, And then sometimes, to make it worse, they attach weights to your ankles uh, to pull you down, to increase the, uh, the pain Generally, you know, the good thing about this is it couldn't last more than an hour or you would die just from the, right. the pain. Um, so, yes, they, they, but they would usually do it a lot less than that. In, in the case of inquisitional uh, strapado, they would usually only keep you suspended for as long as it took to recite an Ave Maria. Oh, my God, that's uh, sick and twisted. Several minutes, right. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, we're gonna pray. We're gonna do a little prayer here <laughs> while you're, uh, while you're suspended and right. your shoulders are dislocated. Jesus! Um, but here's the thing: when they finish the prayer, they would release the rope just until your feet touched the floor or <gasps> were just above the floor, and sometimes Fuck. they would drop you quickly and right. then stop it just before you hit the floor, just so you get an extra jolt or a shock. Just Jesus. to rip the muscles and the tendons out even further. Right. Each suspension being pulled up was called one trata or turn. Mm-hmm. Um, they could also do a half turn where the arms were stretched above the head without the feet leaving the floor. On the first oh. day of his interrogation, uh, Savonarola twice received three and a half turns. Jeez. And I just want to make sure you, you, you said a minute ago, this is going to go on for, what, 12 days? 
Is that what you said? Yeah. Jesus. Yeah. Okay. So. So imagine if, at the end yeah. of day one, they put you back in your cell. Right. Your shoulders are dislocated. Unless you can yeah. do that Mel Gibson thing from Lethal Weapon 1 where you just walk up and slam your dislocated shoulder into a wall to knock it back in again. And Savonarola yeah. was going around the jail just taking bets, <laughs> you know, whether or not he could do it Mel Gibson style. <laughs> um, he was like, ain't no thing. Ain't no hell. thing, man. Yeah. That's yeah. how he – That's how he'd been. it's what they didn't know is he'd been supplementing his uh, church income for decades by just right. – um, you know, going to like un- underground S and M chambers where he would uh, have his oh, shoulders dislocated, and then he'd right. take bets Pop and knock them back in again. Yeah, Jeez. it's a bit like Mithridates uh, building up a tolerance for for poison. Poison, exactly. Uh, <laughs> Savonarola had built up a, a tolerance for torture. He's like, yeah, uh, you got this down, bitches. No problem. Yeah. Um, yeah, but imagine that. that. So you, you go back. You, yeah. Your your shoulders are dislocated. You can't sleep. Uh, you're in excruciating pain, and just to get up and do it all again the next day. That's what I was going to say. No matter what you tell yourself at night when you're laying there in your cold cell, you know they're coming back for you tomorrow morning as the sun comes up. And, and I think that uh, because we, we've done a couple of shows on uh, where people have been tortured, and I think that idea probably haunted him a lot more than the physical pain in his body, knowing it was all going to start again on the morrow. How do you not freak out? Yeah. Jeez. Well, uh, at one point, he was all over the place with his answers, as you can imagine. I mean, the the records say he gave different answers to certain things, sometimes saying one thing, sometimes another. Well, no fucking wonder, man. (laughs) Like, he hasn't slept in days. His shoulders have been dislocated for days. He's in excruciating pain, probably can't think clearly at all. At one point, he was given pen and paper because uh, he said, you know, let me down and I will write for you my whole life story. Now, this is when he was being suspended in the air. I don't know how the fuck you write anything when your shoulders are dislocated. Right. I Maybe they hadn't been dislocated. Maybe they'd just been doing half turns at this stage. Maybe they had a medic on standby to knock his shoulders back in. I don't know. They had mail there. Um, and yeah. still, even if they've been dislocated and, and the muscles and the tendons and everything are torn, are your arms going to work properly to write something? Anyway, here is a surviving version of what he wrote. Okay. The truth is this. About 15 years ago, the first time I was in Florence, I was in the monastery of Santo Giorgio with Fra Tommaso di Strada, now dead, who was visiting his sister, a nun. I was in the church thinking about a sermon I was composing and I thought about it many, and as I thought about it, many reasons occurred to me for concluding that the church was about to undergo some sort of scourge. Mm -hmm. From then on, I began to think a lot about these things and about the scriptural evidence and going to San Gimignano to preach, I began. In the two years I preached there, I proposed these conclusions that the church was to be scourged and renewed. Since I did not have this by revelation, but from reasons derived from scripture, I said as much. I preached in the same vein in Brescia, and sometimes I preached those things in other places in Lombardy, 
where I remained for four years. Then I returned to Florence. About seven years have passed from that day in San Giorgio described above. And on August the 1st, I began to expound the apocalypse. That was in 1490. I propounded the same conclusions described above. Next, in Lent in Santa Reparata, I preached the same things, never saying that they had been revealed to me by God, however, but arguing that the evidence compelled belief and affirming this as emphatically as I could. Then, after Easter, Fra Silvestro, returning from San Gimignano, told me that he had been sceptical of what I was saying and thought I was crazy until, during a vigil, one of four dead friars appeared to him and reproved him, saying, You should not think this of Fra Girolamo because you know him. After that, as Fra Silvestro told me, he had many more apparitions of this kind. So as my desire and eagerness to preach such things grew, I became more ardent to reaffirm them in some way. Seeing it all go well and my reputation and favour among the Florentine people grow, I went further and began to say that I had it from revelation, although, in fact, it was all the invention of my zeal. Mm. And so, in my great presumption, I pressed forward with it determinedly. Many times I said things Fra Silvestro related to me, sometimes believing them to be true. Nevertheless, I did not talk with God, nor God with me, in the special way in which he speaks to his holy apostles, prophets, and others of that kind. I continued to preach with all the force and effort of my ability, presumptuously affirming what I did not know for certain, but wanting to believe that what my own mind conceived was true. I became so intoxicated with these things that I ended by saying that I was more certain of them than of standing there in the pulpit or that two and two makes four. All of it was to give more credit to what I was saying and to confirm it all the more in people's minds. I made these things appear to be true with my reasons and similes, maintaining my views ever more forcibly, so as to make it seem that I spoke the truth and that this was from God. But I didn't know any of these things. Worldly glory carried me along this way until 1494. In 1494, when this government began, I started to push my cause even more, not only for glory, but because I wanted to lead the work of Florentine government, partly for my reputation, partly to steer it in my direction, partly to make use of it, as I will explain, and also to achieve standing outside of Florence. Mm -hmm. So... What do you make of all of that, Papa Bear? Uh, yeah, he, it was either he uh, was either self-delusional or he uh, was lying about things. Got And I think we said this on a couple of episodes, got caught up in chasing the glory, the reputation, the influence, everybody's turning to him. And don't get me wrong, and I think we said this as well, there is a part of his brain that's going... I am doing God's work. I'm telling fibs here and there, but if I can get the people to focus on God, focus on getting closer to God and being more God-like, then what's the harm? Because I'm really trying to turn this place into a new Jerusalem, which I think we mentioned um, several times before. But at the end of the day, he is admitting, look, I made up some of this stuff and I was chasing glory, reputation, and influence. You've got me. What do you think? Well... He's giving this confession um, under torture. Oh, yeah. Is there any validity to it? Do you believe anything that somebody writes uh, after they've been tortured Hell to get out no. of further torture? No, I, that was just my, that right. was just my interpretation so, of what he wrote. But the point is, we have no idea. 
No fucking idea. Here's my thing. Um, mm. You like it? You want it? You want to take it in your mouth? No. Uh, it's, uh, <laughs> yes, he's writing this uh, under torture. Yeah. Um, but we know that he wasn't really speaking to God. Uh, we know right. that he really wasn't having prophecies. How do we know that? Because God doesn't exist and prophecies don't exist. So <laughs> yeah. I don't know he was obviously making it all up. Right. I mean, yeah. I mean, he may have um, had dreams or had visions or had an active imagination and believed that he was talking to God or believed that they were prophecies. Um, but the fact is, at the end of the day, he wasn't. It was all made up. It was all lies. So this has the ring of truth about it because he just says, look, I was ambitious and I found this thing accidentally and it worked and so I kept making it up and I kept running with it. That sounds pretty realistic, sounds pretty true. And obviously, as I said, we know he was obviously making it up because these things don't exist. So I think it's probably as close to the truth as we're going to get out of Mm. him despite the fact that he's writing it under torture. Well, I mean, what are the alternatives? That he really had prophecies from God? Well, no, obviously not. So there is only one truth that uh, he made it up. Maybe right. he believed it, maybe he didn't, but the bottom line is he made it all up. Yeah. It, if I, and he's not a dumb guy. Right, right. So I think he probably knew he was making it all up. Yeah. But, I mean, how many times a day or whatever have hit, do humans lie to themselves? I mean... He's no different. And like I said, he, I mean, he had to be, he had to be, what, what's that expression from the A-team? He's on the jazz. I mean, this guy was on the, the, the religious jazz for years <laughs> and he's, he's loving it. He's getting everything a pre- besides sex and maybe even that. He's getting everything he wanted as a priest. Everybody's turning to him. Yeah, most people lie to themselves a lot. I mean, and then you have Donald Trump who probably lies to himself and others at least a thousand times a day. Mm-hmm. And I do think that... Religious people, uh, highly religious people, uh, have worked themselves up into a state often uh, the same as new agey type people and anyone right. else who has a um, woo-woo mindset. They can work themselves up into actually believing their bullshit. You know, they can yeah. see things happening. Uh, like my, I get this crazy, this is crazy American woman who lives uh, sort of across the road from us. And um, I don't know if I've told. I think I, I don't know if I've told you this story, but no. a weekend or two ago, I, I was I was in my workshop in my garage working on some something on the Saturday, and she just rocked up with her kids, who are friends of Fox's, and um, she's like, "Oh, hi, we're wondering if Fox is home," and I call him out, and then uh, I was ch- then she goes, "Oh, we're just on our way to a party for a friend of ours. She was miraculously cured of cancer. <laughs> Praise be." Um, Blah blah blah. She's a fundy right. Christian. She's complete crazy. And I was like, oh, that's nice. Congratulations to her. <laughs> and um, yeah, miraculously, you know, all of the chemo that the doctors put her through had nothing to do with it. It was New. just a pure miracle. And she said, um, we were talking about coronavirus or something. And she said, oh, and I don't know. The tri-. She goes, oh, I think it's all biblical prophecy. You know, if you you look closely, it's all in there. And I said. Yeah, mm, huh, biblical prophecy. Huh? She goes, oh yeah. See, you, I don't know if you've read. It. I go, you know, I just, you know, I just made a movie about the Bible, right? And she's like, no, really. I go, yeah, oh. yeah. She goes, what's it about? I go, it's a lot of it's about biblical prophecy, actually. Um, so I'm not sure I'm the guy you want to 
try and talk to about biblical prophecy. She goes, oh, I'd love to see that. That sounds fascinating. I was like, yeah, no, I don't, don't think you would. No, um, that's anyway, so yeah. I ended up sending her a link to the film and I think she got like 10 minutes into it and she sent Chrissy actually a message uh, saying, oh, yeah, like it's – it's all, it, it's, you know, the book's not meant to be read historically. It's meant to be read from a faith-based perspective. And I have, you know, I have a personal relationship with Jesus. He talks to me. And oh, so it doesn't God. really matter to me what the Bible says because I have a oh. personal direct relationship with Jesus. That's convenient. And this is where I'm going. So, And, and I, I believe she really believes that. I, I believe that these people really believe that... When they have a thought in their head that says, don't eat the chocolate cake, um, right. they think that's Jesus. Talk, don't get on the plane. They, they yeah. believe that's Jesus talking to them. They've convinced right. themselves that that is Jesus talking to them. The rest of us just go, well, that's just a thought in my head. Uh, I have lots right. of thoughts. But they, like schizophrenics, schizophrenics hear thoughts in their heads and they believe it's you know, uh, invisible people talking to them or something, ghosts or aliens or whatever, the FBI or the CIA that have put a chip in their brain. <laughs> Christians no. translated as it's Jesus talking oh, to us. I- so, I, you know, it's quite possible that Savonarola right. was one of those. I mean, maybe he was a complete faker. Maybe he really did believe that the thoughts in his head were planted there by God. If I could just mention something real quick, because I don't want everybody to think that everything's going the government's way. Uh, on April 19th, Savo signs a long statement to a, lot, you know, to a lot of these confessions that he's making. And a part of this gets read out to the people of Florence. Now, there's enough people still loyal to Savo that they're like, boo, hish, you know, that's all bullshit. And what they're saying is, well, how do we know that he really confessed to all that? How do we know? you didn't just write it, maybe sign it for him, maybe whack him across the head and get him to sign it. So the point is, we don't trust your entire process. And so they start getting... they start working themselves up to the government actually has to pull this version of the transcript from the public. So if the government thought they could just whack this guy, get him to sign a confession, show it to the people, and the people would go, aha, you're right, he's nothing more than a charlatan. Phase one is not working out very well for the government because there are a lot of people who are still on his side. And they're like, like you just said, they're willing to believe everything of him and disbelieve everything the government says. So not that it's helping Savo, but the government still has this issue that they have to deal with when it comes to the public. Just to show you that calling things fake news was not invented by Donald Trump. <laughs> right. People are going, oh, that's fake news. He never <laughs> even said that. Prove he said it. <laughs> now, part of the confession that he signed yes. was that he had lied to even his inner circle, like Fra Silvestro, about his visions, and he lied about having the word <gasps> Jesu with right. a cross miraculously burned into his chest. Oh. He woke up oh. and they said, you won't believe it. I woke up this morning. I had the word Jesu and a cross burned in my chest. Sylvester was like, can I see it? And no, no, no. 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 God told me not to show anyone. Trust uh, me. It's told there. Joseph Smith not to show anyone the golden plates <laughs> and told me not to show anyone my miraculously burned tattoo. That sounds right. Um, yeah. So they had to, they had to pull it off. Now... I mean, following on from what I was saying before, he may have, to give him the benefit of the doubt, he may have believed the voices in his head were real. But how do you believe that you miraculously had something burned into your chest? Can't understand 
That's a bit of a stretch. That birthmark happen, yeah, (laughs) in the shape of a cross, and the word Jesu birthmark. Yes, that's something. It's complicated. Mm. Yeah. Mm. (laughs) After the investigation was over, he signed another transcript, acknowledging the general accuracy of it. Although he said that the notary had added some glosses, some embellishments to it, but mostly it was true. Then they still had to work out what to do with him. Pope still wanted him sent to Rome. Florentines Florentines didn't want him to escape punishment, but they also wanted to keep the Pope on the side. They didn't want a war. They wanted his support uh, for a new tax against the clergy. They wanted his support for the restoration of Pisa to Florentine control. So they sent the Pope a bullshit letter saying, oh, look, man, this investigation's dragging on. Oh, my God, it's so difficult. We can't believe how tough it is. And, you know, he can't really travel. We've dislocated his arms 15 times. Uh, So the Pope said, fine, I'll send my guys to Florence and he will be tried there instead. Boom, Florentines got what they want. This is the ecclesiastical part of the investigation to find out, is he really a prophet or is he really a heretic? Now, it took several weeks for the Pope's people to arrive in Florence. Meanwhile, Savo's sitting in jail, dislocated shoulders, uh, (laughs) but he was allowed writing materials and wrote several pamphlets while he was there. So it leads me to think... You know, uh, dislocated shoulders ain't no big thing for Savonarola. He produced something called a guide to righteous living, which is pretty fucking funny from a guy who just signed a confession saying that he'd been lying his ass off for 20 years uh, and lying to his inner circle. Right. He apparently wrote it for his jailer, who he was on friendly terms with, because apparently he had miraculously cured him of uh, syphilis. <laughs> now, Ray, you've had syphilis many, many times. Many. Um, uh, I got it right now. Have, have you ever had it? Yeah, and, and I know the first couple of times you caught it from Catholic priests. Did right. you ask them to miraculously cure it? Did they say, don't worry about it, I can take care of that, just uh, say three Hail Marys and uh, see me in the morning? Actually, and, and most people don't know this, I'm not sure I should tell you, but... After I pulled up my pants and turned around, I said, I clearly have syphilis now. I've got the clap. Can you can you expunge or do, you know, your Hail Mary thing? And they go, actually, there's a rule in the church. Those who give it can't pray it away. So you have to go to someone else. I'm really sorry. It kind of helps with our business model. But I've done my part. Now I need you to go see brother or whoever so he can pray away um, the sexual sexually transmitted disease that I just gave you. Uh, so no, once you once you give it you have to go to someone else. It's a it's a two for one deal. So the jailer passed this guide to righteous living on to Savo's publisher. Um, then Savo wrote an exposition on several Psalms, including Aww. Psalm 50 and 51, have mercy on me, O Lord, supposedly written by King David when he was accused of adultery and murder. Right. And then the papal commissioners arrived, led by the papal auditor, Remolines. Nice. And he was put on trial again. Jesus Christ. Now, so they're going to go through this. So there's two of these guys who've come from Rome. They're going to, like you said, they're going to cover the same ground as the Florentine questioners did. But this this is 
again, this is political. They want to show that the church in Rome is in charge. It's not Florence. It's not the Florentine government. It's not the civilians. It's the man in Rome who represents God. So we'll do all this again, but we're just doing it to put our stamp on it. And that's what they do. They, they need everybody in Florence to see that the Pope's men are the ones actually there to do the big sentencing. And so they go back to square one, which I imagine is more rope time um, for Savo. Yeah. Well, he was asked if everything he had confessed to was true. He said it was. He was asked if he had really said the Pope wasn't a Christian, had never been baptized and wasn't the true Pope. He said he had never said these things, but he had written them in an unpublished letter that he had afterwards burned. He also confessed at some point to writing all those letters to the kings of Europe, but he said he hadn't sent them. They were sitting in his drawer. Mm-hmm. Then Remolini's ordered him stripped and prepared for the rope. Oh, shit. And he panicked, fell to his knees and cried out, Now hear me, God. You've caught me. I confess I have denied Christ. I lied. You, Signore of Florence, you're my witnesses. I denied him for fear of torture. If I'm to suffer, I want to suffer for the truth. What I said I had from God... God, you're punishing me for denying you out of fear of torture. I deserve it. Mm. Which um, sounds like he's saying that uh, he he did really get the torture. He really did get the prophecies from Jesus. And he denied that they were true out of fear of torture. Now he's denying the denial. (laughs) He's going back on it. Um, He said... Yeah. He, he was undressed again, fell to his knees and said, I've denied you, I've denied you, God, for fear of the torments, for fear of the torments. Jeez. What is that? What do you make out of that? I, I think he's literally, his, his brain has left reality. He is in complete panic mode because the idea, just the idea of being strung up by that rope again, I, I think he's literally saying anything and everything he can to avoid that. I, I mean... I don't know how sincere he is, but I think he's in complete panic mode at this point. Basically, he's saying, please don't put me back on that rope. I will tell you whatever I think you want to hear so that doesn't happen. Yeah. So he got hoisted into the air again. (sighs) um, Fucking Catholics. And cried out, Jesus, help me. This time you've got me. Right. And when they asked him why he said that, he said, so that I might appear to be good. Don't hurt me. I'll tell you the truth for sure, for sure. (laughs) When he asked why he had denied his previous confession, he said, because I'm crazy. When they lowered Mm. him to the ground, he said, I lose myself when I see the torture instruments. I can make more sense when I'm in a room with a few unintimidating people. He was asked if his testimony had been true in all respects. He said, it's true because it's true and I'll always say so. Why then had he denied it just a moment ago? I said that because I thought it might make you afraid to lay hands on me. That's why I said those things. So he was denying his confession, but now he's denied his denial. Uh, (laughs) But, he is. But He's broken, broken him. completely broken, He's broken. and understandably exactly. so. Yeah. 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 Oh. And, you know, I want to be clear again, like despite the fact that I'm an atheist bastard um, and I hate uh, bullshit artist priests and, and everything that they do and stand for, uh, mm-hmm. 
in terms of his political reforms, I'm on board with Savonarola. It's been one of the surprising things for me going through this yes. miniseries on Savonarola is that um, in terms of the political reform, he was on. You know, he's a good guy. He was trying. He's trying to yes. do right by the poor. Yes. He's trying to uh, reform the corruption of the church. He's trying to uh, uh, downsize the wealth uh, of his own church, San Marco, um, get, getting them back to being people of the streets and, and, and uh, thinking more about looking after the poor and the suffering mm-hmm. rather than, uh, uh, you know, hanging out with the nobility. He's, he, for all those things, he's a, I think he's a good guy. Like in terms of politicians, even though he's not an official politician, in Florence or anywhere in Italy or Europe, at the time, he is a real uh, reformer. Yes. He is leading the way for guys like Martin Luther, who's going to come along not too long after him. So, I mean, we've talked about some guys in the past that have done this and they got burned uh, at the stake for yeah. it. But, you know, you got, I, got a, I got total respect for him in terms of his socioeconomic and political reforms that he's trying to drive through. Uh, the yeah. religious stuff... Uh, obviously, complete bullshit, full of shit, prophecies. But if that's what he felt like he needed to do exactly. in, in order to force socioeconomic reforms, like I'm not a big fan of violence either, but in the case of places like Cuba in 1959, I completely endorse Castro uh, Castro's uh, violent revolution because it was the only way to mm-hmm. bring about... Yeah political reform, socioeconomic reform in Cuba. He tried the other ways. He tried politics. He tried voting. Uh, he tried legal challenges against Batista. None of that worked. So violence was the last resort, maybe in this case. I mean, I don't think Savonarola tried anything else because he wasn't a politician, but he did what he had to do. Um, and there were probably not a lot of negative side effects of his uh, preaching and prophesizing. Mm-hmm. It's not like he sent them off to war on the backs of a prophecy. Right. Um, it's not like his prophesizing stopped them from using condoms in AIDS-ridden countries yes. like Catholics uh, try to do today or prevented women from having abortions uh, when they were needed for their safety. physical or psychological or emotional uh, safety. Yeah, yeah. Uh, benefit, advantage, um, survival. Um so there were, I don't know there was any massive negative side effects. <clears throat> so, you know, I guess what I'm saying is uh, I'm not on board with the torture of Savannah Roller here, despite my abhorrence of, uh, you know, religion. Yeah, because the point you were making a couple of minutes ago is we've got his confession. We've got several confessions. Um you know, and we'll never really know how, how sincere he was with every single line in these confessions because they were torturing him. But they don't care about that. They're just looking for what they need to have an out to end this guy's influence uh, within the city and throughout Italy. So they're doing it. They've got a job to do. Unlike us, they don't care how sincere he is. I think they're just trying to break him down. And clearly this guy has been broken. He just, they take his clothes off and he completely freaks out. This guy is a broken man at this point. Well, the next day, he was sent back to his cell. Uh, The next day, May 21st, 1498, he was asked again about all of his testimony, both to the government Mm -hmm. and the papal commissioners 
whether or not it was all true, and this was his reply. Most Reverend Monsignor, those denials I made yesterday I made as a man terrified. I wanted to avoid that awful experience because I'm more susceptible than other people. Just looking at the instruments of torture is, for me, like getting ten turns of the rope. Everything that has been written, and I signed the first and second time, was true. And I must thank those citizens who treated me gently. If, at first, I didn't say the whole truth, it was because I was hiding my pride. But seeing that I was treated gently, I decided to tell the whole truth. If it seems that I have said little, don't be surprised. My deeds were important, but there weren't many of them. Of great deeds, there never are many. What I said yesterday, the denials and retractions, was out of fear. I did wrong, and I beg your lordship's pardon. I was wicked. I want to save my soul and unburden my conscience, and therefore I ratify and will ratify everything with my signature. Since previously my answers were brief and restrained, I'm now willing to be more open and clear. He then put his signature on the testimony from the previous day and affirmed his confession. Yeah. So that, I think, Ray, is where we leave Mm -hmm. this episode. Uh, We have one more episode left to go of uh, Savonarola. Mm Mm-hmm. But you're going to have to wait. I know, Tommy G. Sorry, Tommy. He's he's got the smell of he's got the smell of blood. He wants it. He's hungry for it. He's he like, has tortured before, and he wants to torture again. Yeah. He's like, you're killing me, Riley. So, one more, Tommy. One more. Have you made your decision for Christ? <laughs> the anus is now closed. <laughs>